Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. There are still Americans left behind in Afghanistan. They are hostages right now. We are continuing to press the Taliban uh, to do more. The Taliban is making decisions. As of now, the Taliban are not permitting the charter flights to depart. We have a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Requiring the vaccinations, I think, is very important. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. So President Joe Biden has said two things that he is today blatantly gone back on. One, he said when he was campaigning that he would never weaponize the DOJ. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, he also said in May of this year that he would never mandate either the vaccine or the masks. And as we speak, he is speaking on uh, the, the, the hints from the White House were that he was going to mandate both. Here is, and I don't know how long we're going to stay with him because Joe can be long-winded and confusing, but let's just eavesdrop on uh, President Biden as he's addressing the Americans. Third, if you wonder how all this adds up, here's the math. The vast majority of Americans are doing the right thing. Nearly three-quarters of the eligible have gotten at least one shot. But one quarter has not gotten any. That's nearly 80 million Americans not vaccinated. And a country as large as ours, that's 25 percent minority. That 25 percent can cause a lot of damage, and they are. The unvaccinated overcrowd our hospitals or overrunning emergency rooms and intensive care units, leaving no room for someone with a heart attack or pancreatitis or cancer. And fourth, I want to emphasize that the vaccines provide very strong protection from severe illness from COVID-19. I know there's a lot of confusion and misinformation, but the world's leading scientists confirm that if you are fully vaccinated, your risk of severe illness from COVID-19 is very low. In fact, based on available data from the summer, only one out of every 160,000 fully vaccinated Americans was hospitalized for COVID per day. These are the facts. So here's where we stand. The path ahead, even with the Delta variant, is not nearly as bad as last winter. What makes it incredibly more frustrating is that we have the tools to combat COVID-19 and a distinct minority of Americans, supported by a distinct minority of elected officials, are keeping us from turning the corner. These pandemic politics, as I refer to, are, are, make, are making people sick, causing unvaccinated people to die. We cannot allow these actions to stand in the way of protecting the large majority of Americans who have done their part. Uh, okay. All right. We'll, we'll fade the president out here. He's he's basically prepping you to spring upon you his authoritarian declaring of uh, he is going to encourage all businesses that are private uh, with 100 uh, employees or more to force their employees to get vaccinated. And what I understand is, too, that he will most likely be uh, enforcing a mandate for all federal employees 
and anyone who gets a federal contract to be vaccinated. Now, what's interesting about this, he just said that 75 percent of Americans that are eligible to be vaccinated have been vaccinated. The CDC, what did you say, it was 40 million cases? It says 40.6 million. Um, so almost 41 million people have had COVID. So if you take the 75% and the 41 million who have had it, basically that means that there's only about 15%. Now, I, I suppose you could have some carryover. You could have some of those 75% who have uh, yeah. been vaccinated could also have had it. I've had it and been vaccinated. Okay. So, so, that, you know. so let's say, but still, let's say 20%, uh, we're talking about 20% of Americans that either haven't been vaccinated or haven't had COVID. What is herd immunity? Herd immunity? I, I, I did not, Fauci say early on that if we get to 80% um, of, of those folks who have been vaccinated or had it, we'd be at herd immunity? And yet they still are insistent that you get it. And listen, people are walking off their jobs. If they haven't been vaccinated by now, then they're not going to get vaccinated. I, now, I suppose you could put a, a, literally a oh, figuratively a gun to their head and say you're going to lose your job if you don't get vaccinated. And some people will go against their convictions and get vaccinated. But. Listen, there is a nursing shortage now, and there are nurses and doctors walking off the job. Now, you know, when you have a medical... Now, granted, I understand there's a lot of medical professionals that have gotten vaccinated. But if you're a medical professional, if you're a doctor, and you're, you're saying to your, you're, you're saying, I'm not going to get vaccinated, uh, you've got to have some pretty strong convictions. I'm not saying they're right. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying those mm -hmm. convictions have to be pretty strong. Yeah, you would think they would do a little bit more research than what you and I do, which... Uh, well, they live it. Yep. Which, you know, that's not always the case, because um, I've read a bunch of studies, and I asked some, some people in healthcare, uh, and they've never heard of them, which you know, I guess they got their hands full with everything else, but uh, anyway. But just in May, he said, the president said, that we would not, he would not ever propose a mandate for either the vaccination or for masks... I don't know if he said he couldn't do it, but he said he shouldn't do it. He didn't have the authority to do it. Buck Sexton, who is uh, one of the two filling in for uh, Rush Limbaugh and the old Rush Limbaugh show, uh, he had an interesting tweet today. He said, there are over 200 million Americans who are vaccinated. And daily cases right now are 300% higher than they were a year ago when there were zero people vaccinated. Fauci and the lockdowners don't even attempt to explain why. Why? <laughs> That's a great question. Why? why? Why do we have so many? And again, as we just said, 79% of the Americans are vaccinated, and then you have a good, a good number of others who haven't been vaccinated but who have had covid so why are the numbers so high? And the president just said in, in his speech, the, the part we just played, he just said, get the vaccination and you won't get COVID. And that's not true. <laughs> that's not true at all. And healthcare professionals and, well, really politicians that you know, claim to be scientists and healthcare professionals, you know, they will say that if they're painted in the corner, but they constantly berate people like, 
okay, you cannot do this because you're not vaccinated, because you're spreading the virus. It, I mean, the data is there. Right. The, the vaccinated and unvaccinated are spreading the virus. It's just that, uh, you know, generally speaking, I mean, the vaccinated people are not going to the hospital. Right. Your symptoms are extremely reduced if you've been vaccinated and you get COVID. But you're still spreading it. And that's basically true, with I, I think, with any vaccination. I mean, one of the stories uh, that we talked about know, a month or so ago, uh, one of the uh, NHL hockey teams mm. was uh, – they had all the guys vaccinated for measles, and yet they were still – well, all the guys weren't vaccinated for measles because th- there was a couple of guys that got measles from the vaccinated players – why? Because the vaccinated players had it, but they didn't show any symptoms because they were vaccinated, but they still got it and they still spread it. And that's what's happening right now with COVID. So why, again, the president has spoken and uh, we'll find out toward in one of the breaks exactly what his proclamations are. But again, it looks like he is going to force um, anybody that works for the federal government, you'll either be canned uh, or you'll get the vaccination. That's what he's coming out with. Yeah, he called it the pandemic of the unvaccinated. <laughs> yeah, and it's just not so. It's the pandemic of the vaccine. And listen, I'm not blaming the vaccinated people, but it's it's a false narrative that he's sharing. You're still you're going to get the vaccination. It's still going to be spread. And quite frankly, the, the way it's going to be stopped being spread is the people getting it. I mean, once you have it, you're not going to get it again, hopefully. According to Fox News, uh, Biden to announce vaccine mandate for companies with more than 100 employees. Now, how are you going to mandate that to private companies? Now, I don't know that he, I mean, I, I, will he mandate it or will he greatly suggest it? Is that me or you? That's me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just says, it says mandate. So I don't know if, uh, if they, you know, sometimes the news media gets the details of his speech before. You know, before he does it. Andy Biggs of Arizona, Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona, said not only is Biden going to force all federal employees and workers to be vaccinated, but he is demanding employees who do business with the federal government be vaccinated. This is an assault on individuals' freedoms and livelihoods. We must fight this. Now, again, Supreme Court going back to, um, I think it was 1906. Which plague would that have been? Um, the Supreme Court ruled that you could mandate, the government could mandate a vaccination uh, going back over 100 years. Will that stand? Mm. We'll see. Yeah, it says here he will uh, mandate for empl- uh, employers with over 100 employees will be mandated. Or uh, test employees. Or test weekly. Okay. Hmm. Well, at least, the, at least the private enterprise has a choice. Now, the federal government workers, I don't think they have that choice. But, oh. you know, this this whole this whole approach of the way they're approaching people that are unvaccinated, hadn't had COVID, unvaccinated. Like you said, people that have decided not to get vaccinated. That they would by, have gotten by vaccinated now, by they, now. By now, they probably will not, but... You can bet, best assure, I mean, it's just like a defiant child. If you tell a defiant child, child 10 times to stop doing something, on the 11th time, saying it louder isn't going to make them do it. <laughs> um, they they probably should educate people a little bit better and, instead of demanding and requiring and forcing and using those kind of words. That's not going to work. Yeah.
By the way, the Daily Caller has an interesting article out today, which is sort of a follow-up of uh, what we were talking about yesterday. Uh, the United States and Chinese researchers funded by Anthony Fauci's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases created the Wuhan uh, virus in, in the lab. And basically, they managed to take this virus and uh, ex- made it 10,000 times higher in the viral load in humanized mice than the natural virus that it was based on. Now, now this is well beyond my pay grade. Is that, get, is that considered gain of function, I yeah, guess? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. Gain of function by 10,000 times. Uh, and you wonder why people are dying of it? You know, I, I, caught, I caught another tape of when Fauci testified before Congress and Rand Paul was drilling him. And, he, but, you know, Fauci was very disrespectful, raised his voice, pointed at, at so him. you are the liar. You are the liar, and you don't know what you're talking about. And, you know, his self-righteous smugness just makes me sick because he's been wrong about every single thing from day one. I remember watching the television the night he said— and just shook his head. This is not going to be a problem in the United States. Talking about COVID, yeah. You know he don't. He does not have a freaking clue. He has got to be the worst overpaid employee in America. Well, Sorry. he either doesn't have a freaking clue, or he is guilty as sin, and he's trying to cover his butt. Well, I, I think that's probably it. You know, little little misdirection as yeah. as Democrats are so good good at. Yeah. Mike and Havelock is on the phone. Hey, Mike, how are you, sir? Hey, Mike. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. A um, couple things. Uh, I seem to remember last year when uh, Kamala and Hayden um, Joe uh, said repeatedly that they wouldn't take that Trump virus. Now, yep. I don't think that Pfizer, Moderna, or Johnson and Johnson have come up with a new virus or a new vaccine since uh, January twentieth. So now everybody's got to take the vaccine that they said that they wouldn't take. And uh, one other point, I saw a a thing, and I don't normally watch him, but this was actually um, quite telling. Uh, Bill Maher this week talked about the hospitalization rate of COVID. Now, this is Bill Maher's number, who's a known conservative, okay? Uh, well, now, whoa, 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 whoa. Bill Maher is no conservative. A... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Bill Maher is not a conservative. Uh, that's sarcasm. Oh, oh, okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. All right, okay. I thought that was a little tongue-in-cheek. He's a known conservative. He's out there with the rest of his 10 full hat wearers. And um, he was saying today, um, blasting, or I guess it was on a show this week, blasting the... Uh, leftist liberal news media because according to them the hospitalization rates with covid are 50 60 75 percent do you know what the actual real hospitalization rate of covid is well you've got to you've got to be very uh discerning when you when you hear those reports because the actual rate of people that have to go to the hospital being admitted into the hospital because they have covid that rate the actual number, I don't know what that number is, but they fudged the that numbers number because they're running out of nurses. percent of cases. Say that again, it's Mike. One to two, it's 1 to 2% of, of the total cases. cases. Actually, of the COVID cases, actually have to go to the hospital. All right. You're more likely to have to go to the hospital for the flu than you are for, for, for COVID-19. Interesting. Then it also came out this week 
more of the stuff if you want to talk about the illustrious Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci funded the Wuhan lab to make a weaponized virus of the coronavirus. Yep. They can call it gain of function all they want. They were making a weapon, and they did, and the Chinese released it. So Dr. Anthony Fauci is the person in the United States who is to blame for COVID-19. Yeah, that he's certainly, he's certainly helping the from the frickin' mountaintops. Yeah. He authorized the funding for the creation of the virus. That does not that virus that that we have running amok now does not exist in nature until he he funded the creation of it. Yeah, and Mike, after this week, the release of the um, the emails and other information, I, I don't think I don't think anyone can dispute. I mean, I think Do- Dr. Fauci will be very careful before he goes back to Congress anytime soon to testify. Because <laughs> I don't think he'll ever, I don't think he'll ever go back to Congress. I, I, don't, I don't think that anything's going to happen to Anthony Fauci. Just like nothing happened to Hillary Clinton, just like nothing happened to Hunter Biden, just like the, whatever the cabal is that's uh, pulling the strings on Joe Biden, is uh, nothing's going to happen to them. Because if anybody has the idea that Joe Biden is the president of the United States, that he's actually making any decision, no. Yeah. He's sitting, as soon as they shuffle him off the stage, they put him in his little room in front of the TV. Heck, he said, he, he, he said that he watches three to four hours of TV a night. <laughs> he said that. Mm, I hear you. After he gets his butt wiped. Mike, we got to run. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. 20 years later. 20 years ago. 20 years ago. An anniversary. I was planning my wedding and really busy with that. 20 years later. I just graduated high school. I was about to graduate college. A reunion. 2001, I was born then. I was about to have my son. A birthday. Seeing the nation come together. And in another 20 years. It's still like it happened yesterday. We'll still remember September. Today I'll always remember. I will never forget 9-11. Now back to news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Hard to believe it's been 20 years. Wow. Mm. Boy, just just pray for this weekend with all the activities, with the NFL starting back up, with college football starting back up uh, and continuing. Uh, just pray that nothing happens on September 11th. And you, you got a look at who you got at the wheel yeah. of this country. Well, and again, he wanted a victory lap. On September 11th. That's why in 20 years and we're out of Afghanistan. And uh, I I just pray that there's no victory lap taken by the bad guys. Pray to that end. Um, Take a look at your weather forecast. Tonight, showers and thunderstorms likely mainly before 8 o'clock. Then cloudy. A low tonight around uh, 61. Tomorrow is gorgeous. Sunny with a high near 80. Tomorrow night, mostly clear, low around 59. Perfect weather for Bernie to have a little uh, fire in the fire pit. Uh, the weekend looks great. Sunny with a high in the mid-80s. So, Did you just uh, call me Bernie? Did I say Bernie? Did you say Bernie? Did I say Bernie? <laughs> I thought I said Benny. Oh, Maybe right. I said Bernie. <laughs> I'm, I, I got, I got so much Bernie, Bernie Sanders on the mind. Uh, <laughs> weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Did I say Bernie? <laughs> he did. He did? Okay. did I did. I did. So, so Clark, that means when, when I talk, I have to say, Tom, now, you know how Bernie points the finger when he talks. Uh, uh, weather and Bernie brought to you by Ironwood Golf and Country Club, voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. I'm really getting to be like uh, Joe, aren't I? Mm. <laughs>
<laughs> That's scary. <laughs> Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Litravino design course, full-service dining and outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Their newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, join Ironwood, pay zero initiation fees. Give them a call, 252-752-4653. Find out what makes us the best of Greenville, 252-752-4653. Be a part of the best Ironwood Golf and Country Club. By the way, we are going to play political trivia. It's been a couple of weeks since we played. We'll play in a little bit. Um... You know, the Federalists had a, a good uh, take on Joe's major speech. And by the way, he's uh, back on there. Uh, he, he's still talking. Last we checked, and he was talking about all the different money he wants to give away to everybody and businesses. And, you know, he's Santa Claus. And, you know, we'll just make sure that, um, and, and as, uh, as Bernie said during the break, um, <laughs> Benny said during the break, that, um, you know, this is this is the beginning of guaranteed income. Yeah, and and it it is. I mean, they'll they'll continue to give it away, and then when Republicans come in and say we can't continue this, oh, they're the bad guys. You can't stop it now. That we're living, we're expecting it. You know, it's it's the old story. If you come up and knock on somebody's door every day for six months knock on the door they come to the door and you hand them ten dollars and say i just want to give you this ten dollars i just i like you here's ten dollars and at the end of six months you stop going to that house and you go to the house next door and knock on their door and say here i want to give you ten dollars the guy at the first house comes out and says hey where's my ten dollars <laughs> and that's exactly what they're going to do but the federalist in talking about uh, joe's major speech and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I actually beat the Federalists to it. But this is exactly what Obama used to do. We'll come out with a major speech, a major announcement. Now, Obama did it almost every day. Joe does it about once a week. Comes out with a major speech to take the focus off the bad news that he has created in the last crisis. Mm. And, I mean, we're living from crisis to crisis, whether it's the southern border whether it's his response to COVID, whether it's Afghanistan, you name it, uh, whether it's the economy, whether it's inflation, let's, we'll keep the circus going. It's a three-ring circus. Don't look over here. Look over here. Yeah, let's don't talk about the Taliban and their business-like approach Can you believe that? <laughs> By the way, do you have that clip? That's a Peter Ducey clip. Peter Ducey, listen, when Peter Ducey took over as the White House correspondent, my first reaction was, they're going to put this young kid there? I mean, Peter Ducey looks like he, he's a great guy, but he looks like he just got out of high school. But he is kicking butt. He is the only one of the White House regulars that are reporters that are actually doing journalistic work. I, you know, I had confidence in him. I, I remember when he was an intern at Fox, when he was still in college, I was like, this this kid's got talent, <laughs> and uh, he's taken after his daddy. And he followed the he was uh, he was the lead correspondent uh, during the election for the Biden campaign. So he followed Biden all through the primaries. And drove him nuts, too, yeah. Fortunately, so. Uh, but uh, anyway, he asks Saki about okay. You guys came out earlier today and said that the Taliban. Were professional and businesslike. Can you explain a little bit more about why the White House, in a statement, is calling the Taliban businesslike and professional? Well, I would note that 
in that statement, what we were announcing was the fact that a Qatari uh, Airlines flight successfully landed in Qatar with American citizens, legal permanent residents, and Afghans uh, on board who uh, joined us in our fight over the last several years. Uh, we wanted to note that the Taliban was cooperative in facilitating the departure of these American citizens and legal permanent residents from HKIA. We promised we would get American citizens out. We promised we would get legal permanent residents out. We promised we would get our Afghan partners out. And we promised we'd press the Taliban to get them out. And that's exactly what we did. Well, you're saying the Taliban is businesslike and professional. Their interior minister has an FBI wanted poster. He's got a $10 million bounty on his head. That's, what's the business? We are here to celebrate the return of American citizens who wanted to leave Afghanistan, of legal permanent residents, of Afghans who fought by our side, to Qatar successfully on a Qatari Airlines flight. Uh, and in order to get those people out, we had to work with some members of the Taliban to press them uh, and to work uh, in a business-like manner to get them out. That is what we were stating in the statement. And in that statement it says this is a positive first step towards what? Towards getting additional people out who want to leave Afghanistan. Way to go, Peter Ducey. Kicking, yeah. kicking butt. You know, I've followed the press conferences for last with Jen Psaki for the last three or four days, and little by little, it seems like there's one more reporter each day that's starting to challenge Psaki on some issue, whether it be Afghanistan, um, you know, the, the virus uh, issues and administration issues of, of how they're fighting that. I you know, if, I, I think pretty soon Saki's job is going to be a lot tougher than it is right now. I, th- I think, I think, it, I mean, it's like every day you're seeing another reporter fall. Said, okay, here's one that's actually doing some journalism. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you you wonder, are they looking at Peter Ducey and saying, hmm, he's saying it, maybe I can say it, mm. and uh, he seems to be uh, getting a lot of notoriety. I mean, his questions, in some cases. A number of other publications, internet services, and and other cable networks are picking up what he's saying and running with it. By the way, I do want to say, now, uh, assuming this information is correct, because it's coming through the Biden administration, but at least this is a partial answer to our prayers that uh, the Taliban did let at least one flight out. I don't know if they let them all out or not. Uh, The information coming out of uh, Cabal is uh, not overly detailed, but we know that there was at least one flight that landed safely in Qatar. Now, the question is, though, okay, is have have the people that got on the flight, were they properly vetted? Uh, And, you know, now that they are in another country— before they get to the United States, they really need to be vetted. Well, you know, there's some reports out today that there's some bases where people are, they're Ubering out. They're just calling Uber and just leaving the base. <laughs> so, I mean, we don't have any idea what's running around out there. You know, the funny thing, back to Peter Deuce real quick. Yeah. The funny thing if for our audience that didn't see that press conference he actually held up the the wanted poster, the, yeah, FBI, the FBI wanted, wanted poster, poster with the Taliban's. Uh, that's what the Interior Minister is one of the top five guys in the Taliban right in the uh, Taliban Afghan administration. He actually held it up the wanted poster. That was I thought that was. Pretty but of good. all the things you could have said, 
they, they come out and they say they have shown flexibility. They've been businesslike and professional in our dealings with them in this effort. This is a positive first step. I mean, really, I think they, they're just bending over backwards to avoid the truth, which is this group are religious, dangerous, jihadist zealots, and they, they, do not, they do not run by the same quality of life or rules of engagement, or, you know, they, yeah. they, they say they, mm-hmm. they come out and say, well, if you want to be a part of the community of nations, they don't want to be a part of that. Heck no. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go back to uh, Havelock. Joe's on the line. Hey, Joe. Hey, hey Joe. Hey. hey, how are you doing today? Doing well. Good to hear from you. Yes, sir. Uh, I'd like to make you a comment about uh, the mandates of federal workers, contractors, sure. and military getting vaccinated. Uh, I w- I'm a retired federal employee. I was a Marine. Thank you for your service. Thank As you. Marine, thank you. You're welcome. As a Marine, if I'm ordered to take that vaccine, I'd have to do it. I understand. Right. That. I've, I've been stuck a lot. <laughs> right. Over the years. Yeah. You you, you don't As, you don't ask uh, do I have to? You just put out you roll up your sleeve. You get stuck, and they send you to some part of the world in which you needed the vaccination for. But. Here's my observation. Well, we got all these unemployed drawing this unemployment. We're getting money from the government. They're government employees. Are they going to be mandated to uh, get stuck? Very good point. And I'll leave you with that. Good point. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate the input. Hey, we're going to take a time out. We come back, we're going to play a little political trivia. So give us a call, 561-8255, 561-8255. Your category, presidential first. It involves Dwight D. Eisenhower. 561-8255, political trivia when we get back. Trivia back after a couple of weeks' absence. It is uh, a category of presidential first. Your prize package includes a free oil change for your car or pickup at Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, a gift card to University PC Care, a gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery and Aiden Delicious Bake Fresh Made from Scratch Goodies, a gift card to Mucho Bueno for lunch or dinner. Mucho Bueno, real Mexican street food located in front of the Westbrook Shopping Center, U.S. 70 Western Havelock. A gift card for a free round of golf with cart at Ironwood. A $20 gift card to the Pirates Cove Car Wash, proud partner of the ECU Curtis Car Program. And a gift certificate from Fit for Life 24, including two free training sessions with a fitness coach. And uh, remember, if you or anyone in your immediate family has won in the last 60 days, well, wait until you play again. First up, from Emerald Isle, it's Bruce. Hey, Bruce, welcome in. Hey, Bruce. Hey, hello there. I'm, wh- I'm ready. You're ready. I'm All right. Let's do okay. it. Okay, here's your question. On January 19th, 1955, President Dwight D. Eisenhower was the first president to do this. What? Uh, January 19th. Let's see. It sounds like a... Uh... Hmm. Take a guess. Something to do with... Uh... Well, let's see, 55. And he was the first one that 
do the inauguration inside? Uh, good guess, not it. That is good. That's, That's real good, good. guess. Good guess, not it. Five six one eight two five five. That opens up the line. Let's go to Ron in New Bern. Hey, Ron. Hey, Ron. Hey. Um, I'm gonna say uh, first one to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. Another great guess. Not it. That is not it. Good guess there, Ron. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go back to New Bern. We've got Mike on the line. Hey, Mike. Hey guys, how you doing? Doing well. On January nineteenth, nineteen fifty-five, President Dwight D. Eisenhower was the first president to do this. What? Uh, Institute of National Highway Transportation System. That was not it. That's a good one. But he, yeah, when you think about it, that's a good guess. When you think about it, the interstate system, it was Dwight yeah. Eisenhower that introduced He's it. He's the blame. He's the guy. But that that's not the answer to the question. 561-8255. Thanks, Mike. Give us a call back. Who we got there, Clark? Let's go to Ray in Winterville. Hey, Ray. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. What do you think? i give it a try. The first one on television. What did he do on television? Uh, he wasn't the first one on television, but television is a part of the answer. Think about that a minute. Uh, swore in. That's not it. Not it. But boy, you gave a big hint there, Ray. Five six one eight two five five. Who do we got? Let's go to Jim in Edenton. Hey, Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey. How you guys doing? Uh, uh, doing well. Now, uh, you just got a big hint from Ray there. I don't know if you heard that or not. but uh, Well, I didn't, I didn't hear exactly what he said. But, well, uh, I'll just say it has to do with TV. You repeated what he said? It has to do with TV. On January 19, yeah, 1955, that. President Dwight Eisenhower was the first president to do this. What? And it has to do with TV. I'm going to say the State of the Union. Message. It's not the television. State of the Union, believe it or not. I know everybody uh, would think that because that's the time of the year that you would give it. But uh, remember, right. that would have been uh, the first time he would have uh, he would have just been inaugurated then. But uh, that wasn't it. Good guess though. Five six one eight two five five. Who we got, Clark? Uh, and that was uh, Jim. Jim. That was Jim. Let's go to Sean. Hey, Sean. Sean, how you doing? Good, hey, Sean. Sean. How you doing in Oak City? Oak City, right? How about a press conference? That's it. There you go. Congratulations. Yeah. Dwight Eisenhower, right. the first president to hold a televised press conference, January 19, 1955. All right, That's congratulations, correct. Sean. Hang on the line, and Clark's going to get all your info. We've got a bevy of gift certificates we'll get off to you. Thanks for playing, everybody. Vinny and I will be right back. The game of politics. It's game time. We're ready. A political football gets exposed. It's a bunch of politicians trying to score points. Just one more political football. This has been a very tough scrimmage between the two sides. And when you compete, you have no guarantee you'll win. And as a citizen referee, they're ready to go. This is the playbook. More battles to be won. You can make the right call. On News and Views with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. By the way, we do want to mention that the uh, Boys and Girls Club, they have their annual auction. This year, they're going to an online auction. There's all kinds of great things that you can bid on. It all goes to a great cause. Uh, It will get underway tomorrow, September 10th at 9 a.m. Now, if you want to find out what they've got for their auction, uh, you can go to www.bgccp.com or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash 
BGCCP. So um, the bidding ends on Sunday, September 19th at 5 p.m. So all kinds of goodies on there. You've got a week to uh, to bid on. Actually, you've got nine days to bid on. Not many organizations better that you can give to in Eastern North Carolina and the Boys and Girls Club or the Coastal Plains. The, what, what they do for young people and the results of getting involved in kids' lives early on is just amazing. I'm, I'm still – yeah, okay, that, that makes sense, yes. Uh, it starts tomorrow, September 10th, and goes through Sunday, September 19th. So get in, get involved. And you know what? Sometimes you get some great deals on these things. I mean, sometimes you, you end up saying, oh, I paid too much for it, but it goes to a good cause. Sometimes you go in and you find yourself with a, uh, you know, a vacation down at the beach for half price. So uh, go and find out what's on there and uh, start the bidding. starts tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Um, as I said at the top of the program, there are two things that Biden said he would not do, and now he has done. One was the uh, vaccination mandate, and two was and uh, and um, the mask mandate. He said wouldn't do. <coughs> Excuse me. The other thing, though, was he said when he was campaigning for the presidency, he would never, he would never use the Department of Justice as a weaponized political instrument. Uh, Biden is now facing harsh criticism from legal experts and elected officials for violating that campaign promise. In recent weeks, Biden has green-lighted the DOJ to file lawsuits against Georgia over its state election statute and Texas over its controversial anti-abortion law. And just today, Attorney General Merrick Garland announced that the Department of Justice has a duty to defend the Constitution of the United States and to uphold the rule of law. And he said, today we will fulfill that duty by filing a lawsuit against the state of Texas over their new heartbeat bill, which the Supreme Court just last week ruled 5-4 to deny abortion providers' requests to block Texas's Heartbeat Act The president weighed in on the ruling on September 2nd, called it an unprecedented assault on women's constitutional right under Roe v. Wade. Now, I've always thought that the highest court in the land is the Supreme Court, right? I mean, I'm not an attorney, but I think I got that one right. Um, Now, again, the Supreme Court has not ruled on Roe v. Wade, but they have denied the pro-abortionist crowd the right to block this law mm-hmm. it but does it basically allow the texas law allow you to um, have civil charges against someone for, for performing these procedures it does yeah. Mm-hmm. uh yeah any individual can bring civil charges mm-hmm. against um anyone involved in a an abortion procedure right. uh, procedure mm-hmm. but, but again i now who knows what the supreme court will do but i would say that you know, eventually this, whatever Merrick Garland does, is going to get back to the same Supreme Court that just ruled in favor of this Texas law. Now, again, it's not fait complete on the Texas law. It still will make its way through the courts, but the Supreme Court refused to do an emergency block of this law. They're allowing it to stand, which I would say, <laughs> again, I'm not uh, an attorney, but I would say that that probably is a likely signal that the Supreme Court is going to be sympathetic to those 
wanting to make sure our laws are protecting the child in the womb. Well, or, or you know, you always, when you play in chess, you think about, you know, two moves from now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe the uh, Democrats are calling their hand, hey, we're going to pack the Supreme Court. <laughs> so if we go ahead and stop it right now, we're, we're going to have we're going to have a friendly Supreme Court pretty soon because we're going to add some more justices. I mean, I, we will see. Will they be able to get that done between now and 2022, November of 2022 or January of 2023 when the new Congress would take over? I, I can't see it happening, but um, I don't they'll know. try. <laughs> they'll try. I mean, the key is uh, the key is mansion and which I, I guess that would be. Is that a supermajority to do that? Does that take a supermajority? I would think it have to. Yeah. I, w- I would certainly hope so. The re- remember though the, the the Biden administration when it came to uh, the eviction moratorium. Remember back at the end of July, that was supposed to end, and Joe Biden basically shot the bird at the Supreme Court and said, "Well, let's let's give it another go." Yeah, and ordered the CDC to uh, the to, CDC. What the heck does the CDC have to do with commerce? But uh, to basically yeah. executive order to block that. but I mean, this is the begin. If this continues, this is the beginning of anarchy. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got it in North Carolina now. We've, we've, had a, we've had a dictator in North Carolina, in the state of North Carolina now, for 18 months. Yeah. And, and you know, it's just waiting for the uh, – I'm sure the governor will veto it, but I think it was yesterday, didn't the Senate vote to, uh, yes. to limit the executive powers? So. They did. Uh, it went party lines, but it was a, a majority that – isn't the Senate uh, veto-proof? I don't think the House is, but I think the Senate is. The Senate is, is yeah. I think. I think that is I think right. That's right. Um, Fox News is reporting members of the National Archives Task Force on Racism have recommended removing the Charters of Freedom description for the American founding documents, such as the Constitution. Approximately 800 National Archives Records Administration employees from across the country attended a town meeting on May the 11th. And apparently at that meeting, now they had to go into the Freedom of Information to find this out, the Freedom of Information Act. But there are members of the National Archives Records Administration. I'm not saying it's the majority, but there are spokespeople in there that basically want to call our founding documents racist documents. Um, I would just say, and, you know, they they were saying that, you know, it, it didn't protect everyone. You know, we've had to go through some gyrations over the decades since we've been a country, but uh, I would say right now, those documents have given all people liberty and the right to pursue happiness, all people, except for maybe the baby in the womb, but everybody else, you're covered. Hey, we're going to be off tomorrow. Uh, Some football stuff gets started, and uh, we'll be back on Monday. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.